So in this episode of Black and Behind the Scenes, we discuss Beyonce's $60 million Netflix deal as well as AT&T and DirecTV now losing 83,000 subscribers. Yeeks, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. In our spotlight, we're going to highlight Malinga Mulandima, who is the creator of Mama K's Team 4 premiering on Netflix this year. Amazing. And then also in our spoiler alert, we're also going to talk about Homecoming in more details. Yes. Um, and then we'll go over BET's Being Mary Jane finale and mm-hmm. then their new series, Games, Games People, People Play. Play. All right, guys, tune in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black and Behind the Scenes. I am Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. Hey Brittany, so what's been going on, girl? How's it going? It's going. I just started a new job. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking all fancy to die. (laughs) Look at you. Looking all fancy and fly. I just started a new job, so my brain is like on overload because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you start a new job, you have to learn all these new processes and all these new faces. Right. and all this stuff. So on top of that, I'm still am very um, much dedicated to the podcast, to the blog. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, and you Balancing. know this, you know this because you do it. So it's just about balancing mm-hmm. your workload. And um, if I didn't learn anything from watching Beyonce's Homecoming, right? It was that. <laughs> You know, time waits for no man. Right. And if, like she said, if her country ass can do it, then mm-hmm. my country ass can do it because mm-hmm. I'm country too. <laughs> so we, you know, we got things to do. We got dreams we do. that we're trying to make come into fruition. Right. So we got to keep pushing. Yeah. So we just gonna burn it on out. Pretty much, no excuses. I mean, That's we can't. I mean, you That's watch it. Homecoming, Beyonce, like you know, she sets the standard for what you should, you know, the bar. Like That's you it. gotta. You got to do it. There's no excuses. And there's so many people who don't push themselves beyond that. Yeah. Right? Very true. Very, very true. And so I'm just going to do it. We're going to, we can work. Yes. We're doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we're doing everything else. You know. And we're going to keep it moving. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally feel that. Because damn it, if I have not been pushing my limit this year so far. <laughs> and it's only April. It's only April. Jeez. My God. Well, it's about to be May. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, going into May. So, I mean, I'm excited. But it's just like, like you said, um, just balancing things. Like me, my job, I'm coming to a new phase and like getting more responsibilities and things like that, which is great. And I'm excited for it, but it's just balancing and just mm-hmm. knowing that we have to have a schedule and like, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. My notes for tonight is all over the place. Some of them are in my phone. Some of them are on a piece of paper. I'm just going to be bouncing back and forth. So please bear with me tonight yeah. because just things have just been a little out of whack. So they have been. it's been a, a crazy week. Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and jump right on into the industry rundown, guys. All right, guys, it's time for the industry rundown. And my first um, story up, of course, speaking of Miss Beyonce, Queen B herself, um, we're going to talk about her Netflix deal. So it came out that Beyonce's Netflix deal was worth a whopping $60 million. Mm. So let's dig into this, guys. What does that mean? So according to Variety, Netflix has a three-project deal with Beyonce worth um, $60 million. 
The first of the three specials was, of course, Homecoming, which gave us a behind-the-scenes documentary um, chronicling her 2018 um, Coachella performance, Mm -hmm. a massive spectacle of dance, visual, and music that reaffirmed Beyonce's moniker of Queen Bee, which premiered April 17th. Everybody seen that? It was amazing. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that later. Everybody got their lives. Yes. Um, the price tag on this insta- installment for which Beyonce Knowles Carter is credited as executive producer, writer, director, hoovers around $20 million. However, this was not confirmed by Beyonce or her reps. People are speculating this is how much that project costs. I'm guessing they're breaking it down through the three films, mm-hmm. $20 million each. So, okay. So, according to Vulture, HBO was also interested in the project, having had... Headed a long, well, having had a long relationship with Knowles Carter, who previously aired her 2016 Lemonade film, as well as her 2014 On the Run tour concert with husband Jay Z, as well as her 2013 documentary Life is But a Dream. Right. So, I do also want to state that um, Netflix did have an additional 30 million subscribers in their first quarter. Oh, I thought you were going to say because of Beyonce. Well, no, well, I'm thinking a little bit that Beyonce <laughs> has something to do with it. Maybe. I don't know. Is it March? Maybe March is like the close of the, the first quarter. The so maybe quarter, not. Yeah, okay. Maybe not. maybe not. I just speculated maybe Beyonce has something to do with that. But mm. yeah. Um, but no. But yeah. So I thought this was kind of interesting because as we know, Netflix is kind of gearing up and they're becoming the premium for or a big contender in this streaming wars game or the cable game, whatever you want to call the content game. Um, And so we've seen like deals similar to what Beyonce currently has with um, Netflix with also with uh, Chris Rock, as well as Dave Chappelle. And the Obamas. Yes. Oh, I can't wait till that comes out. Yes. The Obamas as well. And so we're seeing these deals come about. And so I'm just curious to see what other two products she has coming with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, it's, it's interesting how HBO had those deals before, but now it's no longer with them. It's with Netflix. And I wonder if they offered her a three-project deal before or, or if it was a one-off. Because back in the day, we never got this kind of information about how much money projects cost and or like if they had like uh, several projects included within that package deal. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that things are being more transparent um, mm-hmm. in the industry now. And we're getting that information so future content creators can know, you know, what your worth is and what you can value your projects as and pitch them for. And not only that, because I don't know if you had saw this like... Um meme or whatever it was circulating around social media about like how Beyonce got paid the same amount as Ariana Grande at Coachella and then how like the what is that guy's name it just went blank on me the weekend I was about to say the learned I don't know who that is how the weekend got paid more than Beyonce to perform at Coachella really well that's what the speculation is but I'm wondering if she already went into these performances already knowing or already having the vision to do a documentary and already have these um, Netflix deals set up because that's how you pitch work like a boss. Exactly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You just don't do one-offs. You can say, hey, 
I can do this, and then let me also give you that, mm-hmm. and let me also give you this, right. and let me that's also give you right. that. So that's how you keep that revenue stream yes. coming in, right? Absolutely. Instead of just doing what a concert, and you get paid twenty mil. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she got paid twenty mil for this, right? But then she's also getting an additional sixty mm-hmm. from Netflix. Exactly. So it's like, it's like those what, are boss moves, right? It's penis compared to what these people are getting paid. And I'm pretty sure they didn't record and due and to I'm a level sure of they what wish they you had know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and and that's the thing. Like Dave Chappelle even came out and. Said said how he had his first special that went on Netflix sitting on a shelf. He had already recorded that. And when the opportunity presented itself, he just dusted it off and gave it to him. And then he recorded the other two specials, one which dropped, but the other one we're still waiting for. Right. So, yeah, I think Beyonce probably did plan that. She knew exactly what she was doing. And I think had she not went to HBO and or Netflix for this to buy it out, she would have just dropped it on title. Right, and then Title would have like fifty million subscribers. Exactly, because exactly. I'm still not subscribed to Title. Me neither. Yeah, and I ain't. No, I don't think you know what I'm not gonna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that is it. So yeah, great, great discussion. That was cute. Um, so guys, so my next um segue to my next topic is um AT and T's Direct TV now loses eighty three thousand subscribers. And Warner Media earnings rise. So, what does this all mean? So, I'm about to go into the spiel. So, bear with me with these numbers in this paragraph. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, this report comes from Hollywood um, Reporter. Telecom giant AT&T, led by Chairman and CEO Randall Stevenson, on we- Wednesday. This was Wednesday of a week ago, guys. Mm-hmm. Reported higher first quarter fiscal's for Warner Media Unit aimed growth across all units and said it lost 83,000 subscribers at its DirecTV Now streaming service in the period after 2,667,000 dropped in the fourth quarter. So DirecTV Now has ended its 2018 with 1.6 million subscribers and closed March with 1.5 million. The company has also lost 5,400 traditional paid TV subscribers in the first quarter between DirecTV, Satellite TV, and U-verse service Mm -hmm. and finished finished March with 22.4 million total subscribers. So I say all that to say, it's like a mouthful that that I'm talking about right now, but basically DirecTV lost a lot of subscribers during its first quarter. And they're struggling to figure out how to make up this revenue in other ways. So basically, Warner Brother, who also is a part, or Warner Media, which is a part of the HBO group mm-hmm. and everything, they're kind of fig- trying to scramble to figure out Game of Thrones is leaving. How do we keep our subscribers? And, you know, people are dropping out. So they're hoping that under the Warner Media um, conglomerate is Disney+. Plus. So they're hoping that with Disney Plus coming along and that being a part of their whole, you know, unit, that that will bring in more subscribers under that umbrella to kind of balance out their DirecTV Now um, subscribers losing all of that revenue. Hmm. So it's just like I I see a lot of people gearing up and making these super groups or these super massive Mm -hmm. media companies because one sector is dying off, but another one is growing. So that's kind of how the balance of what these old school media companies are doing right now to keep up with the Netflix of the world and well, things yeah. like that. So Because, I mean, they're still keeping the coins in the house. Yeah, but absolutely. 
losing that many subscribers I mean when you think about millions versus 83 you think oh well that's not that bad but that's a lot of people yeah despite um still having big juggernauts last as HBO and right. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only imagine how much more they're probably going to lose in this next quarter. Exactly, yeah. Um, there's so many options. Like, there's just so much. And, okay, so di- it says direct TV, mm-hmm. which is satellite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, people seem to think that maybe satellite TV is a little bit better in allowing you to pick packages of um um a la carte mm-hmm. but it's really not i mean it's the same tier pricing as cable yeah right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like just with the price points and people having those options to like come down and kind of do like you said a la carte pricing like why would you spend this much money on this Listen, you know what i'm saying as long because people are being a lot more conscious about their money mm-hmm. and spending 200 and $250 on cable is not what it is on top of, and most people bills are that much because they bundle it with right. internet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as streaming is a affordable option, mm-hmm. significantly lower than cable and satellite TV, mm-hmm. They're gonna lose, continue to lose subscribers, and I would be interested to see, interested to see how that number breaks down as far as demographics, right? As far as age, mm-hmm. as far as race, as far as geographical area, mm-hmm. what that's looking like. I bet you, I put money on it because five G is slowly rolling out. They've already have it in some cities and some locations. They're already testing it out. And so once 5G is like rolled out completely, which I will get into later about exactly what 5G is, guys, but it will basically make the download speeds like instantly. So instead of like waiting 20 minutes for mm-hmm. something to download, you're going to get in like three three seconds. I wouldn't be you know? surprised that what they'll do in order to um, to offset the the loss of DirecTV subscribers is increase people's uh, internet. <laughs> yeah, so that so that's some type of in- yeah internet um, right pricing. I think that they're going to partner with Verizon and or AT and T and or all these other like these other mobile companies and like come up with these packages where you get internet, phone, and same thing how we did before. It's the same shit, but it's just like in a different different package. So it's yeah. the same. Yeah, we'll just see how this this unfolds. Okay. But yeah, guys. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my next story, um, give me two seconds, guys. I told you guys. I'm a little bit all over the place tonight. Um, oh, just a couple renewals, some some updates. So uh, CW's All-American has been renewed. Mm-hmm. So yay for that. We really love that series. I haven't finished it, though, but it is on, Netflix, on Netflix right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to watch the series over the summer and catch up and then jump right back into that one, um, as well as Jordan Peele's produced Twilight Zone has gotten a second season so that's been renewed um we haven't checked it out yet because we haven't subscribed to abc or cbs's access for some reason i feel (laughs) like they had the first episode on youtube because i saw the first episode. oh really okay i did it was good the comedian yeah i thought it was good okay Um, cool but then I tried to go back and look at some more episodes and they and they played me Mm. so uh, (laughs) okay um yeah i'm not doing it yeah me neither no 
I mean, you guys, if anybody's out there that listens, actually watches it. I'm pretty sure it's great because it's Jordan Peele, you know, whatever. So just let us know what you think about it. Um, another show that's being renewed that we were just talking about the other day, um, Black Monday is getting to season two. Shut your <laughs> mouth. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yes, they're getting to season two. So it, we will see <laughs> what's going to happen in season two on Black Monday. Yes. I'm literally scratching my head. I, I knew you were. I knew you were going to be like, what? <laughs> and I said what too because I'm, I'm you brought up some valid points when we discussed this about how, where the story is going to go. Right. What are we going to talk about at this point? I don't know, but we will find out. Because the whole premise was centered around this one event. Right. The yeah, I, I guess they got some really great, you know, views for it. I yeah. So in the last renewal, guys, that I have for you is on my block. I haven't watched it. I think my demographic is not really my thing, uh, okay. but it's a multicultural, diverse cast and for everything. Season three. Season three. Yeah. Or Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Boomerang got renewed yes. for season Boomerang. two. Boomerang. Yes, it has. So, mm-hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> Yes, guys. A lot of interesting things. Yes, it is. Oh, and one last update, guys. Um, I'm sad to report that uh, or even speak of this, um, but director John Singleton, um, it has been announced today officially that he has passed away, unfortunately. Um, If you guys are following this story, this is not at all what I expected to talk about today. Mm -hmm. I was honestly writing my notes um, earlier this afternoon and... I was trying to follow up to see what happened with his stroke and what mm-hmm, happened. Mm-hmm. And then right as I was writing my notes, I get this um, alert that said that he was being taken off life support. And mm-hmm. I, you know, instantly, you know, contacted everybody in the group. Like, are you like, you guys see this? Like, are you guys like, seriously, we really, this is where we're going with this now? Like, so I just didn't know. I was really side blinded, I guess, <laughs> blindsided by this. And um, really a devastating loss for the um, whole creative community itself and yes. everyone who enjoyed his work. Um, just thinking about everything he's done, Boys in the Hood, um, Rosewood. Um, Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice. Higher Learning. Higher so learning. many of my favorite movies. Yeah. So many of my favorite movies are John Singleton Productions. And right. It's just like the classics, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that, that goes for me to ask you, well, that leads me to ask you, what is your favorite John Singleton movie? Oh, that's hard to say. I know. You knew I was like going to ask you. Come and on. I just got like tingles and goosebumps yeah. because oh, I love so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, dang, I have to only pick one. Yeah, come on. Like, the, what, what is, if you had to pick one, what would be your, your, okay, top three? Top three. That's top fair. Three. That's okay. fair. I would say if I had to pick one, it would be Boys in the Hood. Mm, okay, nice. And then the next would be Poetic Justice. Mm-hmm. And then the third would be Rosewood. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Those are my those are those are my top three. Okay, I would have to say um, probably the same the same films basically, but I would say Poetic Justice first. I would say Boys in the Hood, and then I would say Baby Boy. Mm. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I'm Baby Boy, I'm that girl. It is a classic. It is I a classic. Love Baby Boy. Mm-hmm. I knew all Taraji P. Henson's part. Like me and my friends, we used to recite it at school all the time. Like I loved it. So, 
especially due to the fact that Tupac was supposed to play Tyrese's character in the movie. So that that's where okay. I always was attached to it. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is a, a huge blow. Um, yeah. To the creative community, mm-hmm. and also just like we just we lost a black legend. Yeah, as we've been saying, he's given us so many gems. Yeah, that people know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he was on that wave of ushering in black directors when it was far and few in between, mm-hmm. right? Oh, so yeah, like bro. back in the day household names all you could probably do was name spike and john yep yep you know and it's just like heck yeah um unfortunately i was watching this documentary um today that uh, my job produced about stroke and um Mm. one of the stroke victims said that strokes are like um walking down the road and you get blasted by like uh um I guess what are those things that's on in the in? Ugh, gosh, I'm messing up the analogy. But basically, like a, a one of those bombs in the road, like you step on it, you don't know it's there. Gosh, you mean like in the war field? Like yeah. In the war, oh, like a, a grenade or something? Grenade? Not or? a grenade. It's not called a grenade, but it's landmine. Sh- landmine. Thank oh, you. Okay. He was saying it's like you're walking down the road and you get hit with a landmine. You don't know where it is. You don't know when it's coming. Mm. And it affects your life in such a pronounced way. I mean, I've had an uncle who passed away uh, from complications of a stroke, Mm. you know. So it's devastating that this happened so quickly, Yeah, you know, for him. It's like he had the stroke and then next thing you know, it's like, well, he's been taken off life support. Right. And it was like, he's dead. Yeah. I don't know. I tell you what, I need the Academy to really do something spectacular to recognize John Singleton at the next Oscars. I Because agree. truth be told, like, he should have gotten Best Director for Boys in the Hood. Absolutely. I mean, Spike Lee just got an Oscar. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, ju- like he just got, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like... I just, I just, them, I just can't. I just, you know, sometimes they get it right. Most times they get it wrong. (laughs) Most, most times they get it wrong. So, So, but I do agree, but we definitely need to celebrate. Definitely celebrate our people while they're here, first off and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then like also in their memory, please keep on with their legacy. I do know that either his daughter um, or his children are also directors or they're up and coming aspiring filmmakers, but they're not, I don't know if they're going under that last name Mm -hmm. because they don't want to be compared to him and or try to get favoritism for being, you know, his, his, you know, daughter or son so um i'm pretty sure we'll see their work um, coming up in the future but i definitely send our condolences condolences out to his family and friends and everyone affected by this um we definitely feel the the pain of losing such a legend um here so yeah yeah this is going to be a a hard one. one yeah yeah 2019 has been pretty rough it has it has i feel like we the energy i feel like the like (laughs) <laughs> like like I was like I wrote in the blog one time like 
the energy that we had last year, we were so high. Mm-hmm. We had Black Panther. We were just like on this. Yeah. Surgeons or something. Yeah. yeah. And now it's, 2019 is. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. We losing some real ones. We really are. But like you said, we just have to continue to give people their flowers. Yes. While they're, while they're here. While they're here. And mm-hmm. I think John Singleton was definitely one of those creatives in which people acknowledge yeah. his, you know, the definitely. right people. Not, not necessarily like the Academy or whatever, yeah. but he was definitely acknowledged as one of the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, I mean, I keep harping on this because it's just unfortunate because he was also moved into another direction of doing more television description and mm-hmm. TV and that's a new realm for him. And I would love to have seen what he was going to do back in film, like switch back and what new stories was he going to bring, et cetera. So, yeah, because yeah. he directed a couple of episodes of Empire, I think mm-hmm. um, All-American. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, guys, so that's it for the industry rundown. Innovative, creative, overall black excellence. It's time for the spotlight. guys it's time for the spotlight and we are going to highlight malinga mulandima who is the creator of mama case team four an african animated original series on netflix so it hasn't come out yet oh i know what you're talking about i'm like what so this young lady is the creator of this animated series um the series is about um, four girls who are become like um, detectives from um, Zambia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. They're detectives from Zambia, and then so they also have to solve all these. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be crimes, but solve these cases, and then they also have their regular schoolwork and all of this other Cute. fun stuff. So. Um, Malinga is also from Zambia, and um, she is one of the four winners of Triggerfish Story Lab initiative. And so, Triggerfish is a um, is a program in Africa that is designed to develop African writers and directors. Nice. And so, she was one of the four winners for that. Um, and so, she just said she wanted to create this animation out of a um, need to see more representation of Africans and black women in animation Mm -hmm. and on TV. Mm -hmm. Um, So she said the characters reflect who she knows to be her African heroes and those who had, who didn't have access to resources of their nation, but still did extraordinary things. And so her um, illustrator is from, um, Cameroon. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. nice. As, a, as a, a black guy from Cameroon. And together, they wanted to make sure that they created characters that visual, visually reflect diversity of African girlhood, from their hair to their body types, mm-hmm. to their skin tones, yes. to the different tribes that they represent, Very cool. to their interests and their economic backgrounds. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed this lately, but Netflix, um, I've noticed on my personal um, cue of Netflix and then also just from what I've been reading that they have really been trying to diversify 
their um, catalog well not just content from Africa but from other countries as well and um, yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Melissa Cobb who is the VP of original animation at Netflix said in addition to giving African writers a global platform on which they can be heard we're excited to present this powerful and entertaining new animated series that brings Malinga's incredible and unique vision to life on Netflix so I just thought that this was awesome because, of course, yes, it's about African girlhood, mm -hmm. right? But, of course, we know not just Africans are going to watch this. Um, girls or children of all nationalities will probably watch this more than likely. Mm -hmm. And then we also just have more representation of black bodies on TV Absolutely. and in animation, and I love it. Absolutely, I love it too. Like we talked about this before with um, black women who animate, um, we brought them up. So if anyone's interested in another program in the United States that if you're an animator, also check them out. But we talked about how growing up, who was our favorite characters? And we only had what, two that we named mm -hmm. that were black females that we actually loved. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I like the fact that, you know, I personally don't have children, but if, you know, women out there who have children, young boys and young black girls, to be able to see representation, the different shades and different backgrounds and different interests, um, to be able to aspire to, or just Im imagination, just to have right. that, you know, that option, because we're creative too, and we have imaginations, and we want to be represented as well. So it's great to have that and to be able to um, see that reflected. Yeah, in just I different mean, mediums. even little black girls here in America just to have a global yeah. citizenship and perspective about other black people mm -hmm. elsewhere because, yeah. you know, that's, that's definitely something that yeah. they never like that. We haven't taught seen us. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were not taught about in school or even um, given that perspective of right. we're, we're not just in the United States. We're global. We're global. You know? And then it will also help to like bridge these gaps in which, uh, we talk about blackness mm -hmm. and um, where we talk about like, because we feel like we are the authoritative. So what's black? Exactly. The yeah. black experience mm -hmm. and um, it's different. Yeah. Right. And so I'm excited for this. So I our do. spotlight highlight is for Malinga yes. and her Mama K's Team 4 animation series that will be premiering on Netflix pretty soon. X. Exciting. That is amazing. I'm really excited for this. I remember seeing that post and I was like, yes. And then you brought it up. I'm like, yes, this is great. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. But yes, yep. I will be watching and tuning in. So, I will yeah. be too. Yay. No children, but I'll still be watching. Exactly. It's okay. Medicine <laughs> <laughs> <Not the same laughs> boat. <laughs> All right, you guys. It's time for spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yay. <laughs> about today so a couple of things i think the first one we're gonna just talk about is of course beyonce's homecoming of course of course we have to talk about that um so i'm gonna be short well did, did you want to like do the intro to it or mm -mm. did you have any stats 
No. No. Right. We don't have any stats. Because this, I mean, what can I say? It was written, directed, (laughs) produced by Beyonce. It's a documentary based on her Coachella experience. Right. And um, in the documentary, she just highlighted, you know, some of the challenges that she went through Mm -hmm. after having her twins. Yeah. Um, getting back into the groove of things, her mm-hmm. vision on making sure that black life was represented. Right. Not only black life, but the importance of HBCU still mm-hmm. in this millennial, because um, a lot of people like to, you know, say that HBCUs are not needed. Right. But just the cultural vibe. And to me, it really resonated because I was having a conversation with a friend, I want to say earlier this year, maybe after Beyonce's Coachella about how like battle of the bands, like college battle of the band, HBCU's battle of the bands in mm-hmm. the South is like a big deal. Yeah. Like people go to the games definitely to watch the band yeah. and how you be thoroughly entertained. And so I was just glad to see, um, her talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, some of the greats, FAMU, mm-hmm. um, Grambling, Morgan mm-hmm. State, like so many great HBCU bands. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they were brought into um, the limelight. Same. Yeah. I mean, I th- so first of all, this, I'm not um, in the beehive. I'm not. I'm going to be Woo! honest. I'm not. Oh, my God. I know. I know, guys. I'm, I'm being honest, though. I'm not. But I am a fan of Beyond. Like, I love her music. I love her. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm getting mean side eye right now, guys. Shaking my head at this one. <laughs> but I do. I admire her work ethic. And I really was excited about the film and wanted to see more so the behind the scenes and kind mm-hmm. of. I wanted more behind the scenes. Honestly, because um, I just wanted to know like more of the the people who were involved and how they were selected and how they felt about being selected mm. and and what their um training in our process was mm-hmm. of getting there to the stage of Coachella and like mm-hmm. all that just and, and like did you you signed an NDA like how did you go all the whole freaking year without speaking to where were you at did people know where you were going like did you sleep here like what. I wanted to know more information about that, but I thought it was really freaking dope. Like, my mind was blown about the fact that this performance took a whole freaking year mm-hmm. to do. Like, amazing. Mm-hmm. And it shows. Like, the the pro- end product, like, you can't deny that performance. Like, there's nothing you can say about that performance. Nothing. Whatsoever. Her work ethic, her discipline, mm-hmm. um, it's is what catapults her from everyone else. Definitely. Because other people can have work ethic and not work ethic. Other people can have talent Mm -hmm. um, and even have a vision. Mm -hmm. But to make that vision come to life requires you to level up. Yeah. And she levels up on everything that she does. It's like you can never know what to expect with her. Mm-hmm. She is an artist that grows. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you got to get this girl her props. Because Absolutely. You may not be a fan of her, but she going to entertain you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be good entertainment. Absolutely. I definitely was inspired. I'm part of the Beehive. I've been <laughs> part of the Beehive for a long time. And, you know, people give me flack for being like a hardcore 
Beyonce fan. And I'm like, look, just like how people are hardcore MJ fans or Absolutely. whatever. Yeah, this is the, her, our generation of I, yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. I grew yeah, up definitely. listening to Destiny's Child. Mm-hmm. I grew up in my adolescence um, or like in my formative years, I would say, listening to um, Destiny's Child again. Mm-hmm. My whole freshman year was uh, the her first soundtrack, uh, her first album. Yeah. So like yeah. all of these memories are associated soundtrack, with yeah. her, and mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be like standing into she takes her last breath, mm-hmm. and I'll take mine. <laughs> I know that's right. Because <laughs> she does not give us bad work. I'm no, she's she's a, you can't deny that. Like you can, and you know what you know what my thing was. Like I was, I love Destiny's Child, but I was a Kelly Rowland fan. Okay, and that's where it comes from. Because I was hurt that Kelly didn't get that much like she deserved. But now I know the difference between Kelly and what what Beyonce. I gotta. Beyonce got the work ethic. Like, if you don't have it, you just don't have it. Like, if you're not going to push yourself, no one else is going to take you there. Like, so Beyonce was able to kind of just, like, do the things that some people were not willing to do. And the proof is in the pudding. I can't, you know, I can't deny that. Yeah. I can't. I can't deny that. Beyonce is a beast. She is. She's one of the greatest. Yes. And um, I, I thoroughly enjoy Beyonce. Yeah, I mean, I was in my house giving full performances. Yeah, by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that in that live album. Yeah. Yeah, that that's something amazing. Like I just live for I live for the documentary, and you know we she is such a private person. Yeah. So anytime she gives us a little glimpse into her private life, mm-hmm. you know we get to see those babies. Yeah. And we get to see her actually being a human being Mm -hmm. because she's always poised and polished and i'm not saying in her diction because she's very country okay yeah yeah, yeah. she needs some work on that she needed work (laughs) no when beyonce first stepped on the scene she was giving interviews and them grapes Girl, that's that, great interviews. That thing's that thing was country as mm-hmm. heck, you know. But her look is always polished, is always poised. And um other than her like Solange beef, yeah. You didn't really I mean Solange and Elevator Jay Z beef. Yeah. You don't really hear her name out in the tabloids and stuff no. like that because she keeps her stuff tight. And yeah. She keeps her circle tight. So whenever I get to see those adorable twins mm-hmm. and just listening to her talk about how hard it is to push yourself. And I yeah. think people think, oh, this is Beyonce. Things come easy to her. She does have that talent, but she also pushes herself. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what we've been saying. That's what separates people right absolutely is the the willingness to push yourself mm-hmm. and the fact that she, they weren't planning to have babe another child and twins at that and the fact that she so postponed cute. her you know the show that she was going to do the year before and wait a whole another year and getting back into shape so i mean no excuses people you have absolutely no none. excuse you have the same amount of hours moral in the day of the story no excuses yeah it's just no excuses get to it okay so Let's talk about um, other powerful women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's talk about the being Mary Jane finale. Yes. Jesus. So, <laughs> being Mary Jane premiered on BET. 
It's two-hour finale special. Mm-hmm. Um, after four years, yes. four seasons, is finally coming to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys may or may not know, this show was created by Mara Brock Akil. Mm-hmm. Um, and her uh, story arc of Mary Jane um, is now over. Yes. I'm sure she's happy about that. Um. What are our thoughts on the Being Mary Jane finale? Okay, so let me say this about Being Mary Jane, period, the series. Okay. Gabrielle Union's character, Mary Jane, it, she got on my nerves because, and the season finale, it's going to tie into this because it, it, this is a great representation of what frustrates me the fuck out of all this character. Okay. So it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be an issue. Everything is so dramatic. Everything is a freaking problem. It's just like, girl, really? And so there's no difference in the season finale. Like this whole up, first you think, oh, she has her stuff together. Up, she's going to do it. Up, she's not going to mess it up. And boom, she finds some way or somehow to mess it up. And then it goes back. So yeah, okay, here we go again. All right, Mary Jane. And, and then boom, back down. And I'm just like, okay. So I'm conflicted because... I think one of the things that Myra Brock Akil does well is writing about black singlehood, black woman singlehood, right? Because if you think about girlfriends, mm-hmm. you think about Mary Jane, mm-hmm. the issues, the dramatics of the issues, the dramatics of the character are not all that different. It's just in two different genres. One was more comedic. This was more serious, mm-hmm. right? And because we can say that there's a whole nother generation that happened between girlfriends and being Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um, that she showed us a different side of that. Now, when Mary Jane first premiered, I was very excited about her character Yes, because I thought, okay, well, here's a black woman who looks like many other black women that I know who's working hard, who's being successful, mm-hmm. yet they're still um, single. And although they are navigating their career, they haven't quite figured out this whole dating thing, mm-hmm. right? Or not even just their dating thing. One of the other things I liked about Mary Jane was that we saw how she was um, flawed in her career, like how she navigated the politics of the office oh, too, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I really liked her because I thought initially she was a layered and flawed character. Here's the thing about that. When you watch that season after season, you get tired of it because <sighs> mm-hmm. this last, the fourth season, I was like, you know, I'm tired of seeing Mary Jane yep. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to learn from your mistakes. And if I want to keep watching a black woman mess up and do the same thing in her life, I'm going to just be looking in the mirror. You know what? <laughs> keep my own episodes of I can't life on repeat. <laughs> I ain't trying to watch Mary Jane. You know, somebody need to do better. And somebody do better. So you feel the same way I felt. It's just like, it's just a setup. It's just like, okay, I'm coming. The character's growing. All right, girl, you're not thing together. And then boom, it's just like, God damn it. But I did not... So, with that being said, we should be happy with the 
happy ending she got. And I was not. I'm the dramatics you, were not necessary. I didn't like um, mm. this finale at all. I felt like it was rushed. Oh, for for sure. Um, I felt like just based on the direction and the tone of the whole series. They were trying to step too much. They put too much in there. That Yeah. And I felt like. Everybody shouldn't have gotten a happy ending, no. including Mary Jane. Agreed. And maybe this has made some like bitterness because we never got closure from girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So I guess she felt like, you know, Mara felt like, oh, well, we need to get all the closures from being Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get closure from um, Love Is. So maybe she felt True. like true all of this needs to be wrapped up in a nice pretty bow but i felt like based on what mary jane has shown us about her character in the plat in the past or the way the writers have set things up and just the way about how life goes like all of this should have not been neatly packaged in a happy ending i don't like maybe she shouldn't have gotten pregnant or maybe the fertility treatment didn't go through, or maybe she didn't choose Michael Ely's character, which is um, Justin, I felt like was the wrong guy. Justin has demonstrated a passive leaving. Yes. So I didn't feel like, to me, I felt like her choosing him was the mistake. Oh, for sure, definitely. Yeah, because what the hell? Yeah. Really? You know, he left you twice. And I don't feel like the writers have set Three up times. this whole thing <laughs> because Kara, the um her friend, the executive producer, mm-hmm. called Justin her unicorn. And I just don't feel like the writers set him up to be a unicorn. No. He was very flawed. Very flawed, very, very flawed. much like Mary Jane, but but an asshole. Yeah. And I just don't feel like he was the right choice. No. I didn't I didn't think that um what was uh uh, Morris Chestnut's character's name. I don't. I didn't get. I didn't catch Bo. his name. But do you honestly think a man would have stepped into a role? A black man would have stepped into a role, knowing that she just had got pregnant with a surrogate, and all of a sudden I'm divorced, and now I'm hooking up with you because I always wanted a baby. I'm gonna have a baby with you, but it's not my baby. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't see it happen. I don't see who would do that and where that would come from and how that is even possible. Um, okay, being Mary Jane, I guess that that's what what would ha- I don't know. Yeah, I just wish that the finality finale was more layered like it had been in the past. Um, and that we would have saw something unexpected. So again, I didn't like all those happy endings. Not with yeah. all the characters, you know, Nisi got her salon. Right. The mom and daddy got, got back, back together. together. She like, had the baby, she had the wedding and you know, whatever. And then Kara had her breast cancer scare, which, fun fact, mm-hmm. um, is based on her true experience, uh, Lisa Vidal, her true experience with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so something should have went awry in this for me in order for me to feel satisfied. Just to, for it to be Mary Jane. Or for it to have been realistic to me. Yeah. And it wasn't. Um, again, it was very rushed. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, all right, I all right, we, girl. We could have done without it. Oh, yeah, I was like, okay, girl. All right, I just, well, whatever. Toodaloo, my, uh, being Mary Jane. Yeah. Um, good luck to you and your baby mm-hmm. and your um, green-eyed baby daddy. Mm-hmm. Whoever you, yeah, right. who's going to leave you? Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> 
All right. So after being Mary Jane um, finale, BET premiered another new series, um, Games People Play. And it's based on a novel, Games Divas Play, written by Angela Burt Murray. And she's also um, executive producer of this series, along with Tracy Edmonds uh, and Vanessa Middleton, who is um, a co-showrunner of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So the show is about three ambitious women battle success in the high stakes world of professional sports where everyone plays to win. Um, It's going to get 10 episodes this series, Mm -hmm. this season. Uh, main characters are Laura London as Vanessa King, mm-hmm. a desperate basketball wife trying to protect her family. Um, Karen Obium, who is a new newbie on the scene, she's had some um, reoccurring roles on Insecure um, and some other t- shows um, on Primetime. I know her from Hello Cupid reboot from Black Black and Sexy TV. Um, that's how I remembered her face, but she is playing Nia, a tenacious reporter struggling to build her tarnished career. And then we have Parker McKinney Posey playing Layla James. And you guys might remember her as young Katie from my wife and kids. She's all grown up now. Oh, she plays a scandalous groupie looking to become a star. And so we have those three women that are supposed to be the um, leads mm-hmm. in which this series is supposed to revolve around. And then we have Serana Jackson, mm-hmm. who plays Dro on Insecure. Right. He is playing, um, I don't know his character's name. I think it's King. But he's yeah. the basketball player, Mary Taylor, Laura London. Mm-hmm. Um, this first episode was directed by Janice Cook who is an acclaimed director and writer with nearly 30 years in the game. Nice. Um, so, what are we, what are, are we going to continue watching games people play? Um, okay, so here, okay, here's, <laughs> <laughs> here's what I have to say about games people play. Okay. If you like Basketball Wives, love loving hip-hop Hollywood, you're going to like this show. Because I got that same sense and feeling of those shows as this is actually a scripted show similar to that. And me personally, I don't watch those shows, but I would watch games people play once the series is done and I can just watch it, binge, binge it. watch it. Because I'm not going to wait every week to watch this show. I'm not going to look for this. You don't feel like it's... No, I'm not vested like that. No. I'm not vested to live shows like that because I can watch whenever I want to now. So I'm more so... um, I would like to binge watch this. Is it something that um, I I would... No. I I just... um, what, What do I feel about this? I don't... Because we know so much about production, it just irritates me. Like, one scene that I saw that irritated me the most was the baby. Did you catch that? The baby, when she was going, she had the baby in a stroller or something, and the baby, this laughing track or some type of laughing, giggling thing I wondered happened. why they had that in there. I don't know, but it bothered the hell out of me. And I was like, why did they do that? 
it just it yeah. irked the hell out of me. They, I was like, why? Why is that giggling baby laughing track over top of this scene? Like, I don't. That was odd. It was very odd, and it just stood out to me as something that really annoyed me about the scene. Um, the series itself. I mean, what what do you want me to say about it? Like, it's just it's a it's a series about. Um, a cheating basketball husband and a wife in denial about her husband cheating on her. But I did like Karen's character. I really liked um, Nia, um, the reporter. And I like, I love her story. And mm-hmm. I love how she's like this um, blogger and she's uh, salacious and mm-hmm. she's getting all those reports and how that ties into her friend and all that. So I just really was drawn to her character. And the guy who's her friend, he's from social media. Yes. And um, 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 he was Kendall, good. Kendall. He was really funny. Yeah. He did a really good job. But he's funny to me on social media. Um, he gets on my nerves on social media, but I like really? him. In his, yes, he's a little bit annoying on social media, but I like I like him as an act like this. I think he, yeah, that he's he's a good actor. I think he's in the right realm of where he's supposed to be going in life. But yeah, but I do remember him for social media. Okay, well, you know. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Um, For me, um, you know, I give shows three episodes because the pilots, in my opinion, are always horrible. Um, I felt like this pilot was rushed and disjointed. And um, I felt it feels predictable. It doesn't feel that far off from the game. Um, mm, yeah, I forgot about that. So it feels kind of <laughs> predictable. I don't know if my interest is peaked enough to, like you say, to tune in week to week. But what I will do is definitely take a look at these first three episodes to, um, to gauge see it. where it goes. I mm-hmm. think it's interesting that they have this story arc of, you know, the basketball player leaving another city to come to a new one and it's kind of surrounded by this scandal of his mistress coming up dead i think that's something interesting that might keep me you know oh you know what watching it it also reminds me of queen sugar too in what way because it's also the basketball player who had a salacious scandal and the wife and that kind of narrative Mm -hmm. that's just it just rung hit in my head when you said that Mm -hmm. so um We'll see. I mean, the showrunners for this show um, is two black women mm-hmm. who've been in the game for a long time. We have um, Vanessa Middleton and then Kim Newton. Mm-hmm. Like I said, been in the game for a long time. Collectively, they've done Girlfriends. They've done um, SNL. Nice. So, and a whole variety of other shows. So they have the experience. Um, yeah, well, I think it has its audience, though. I think, like I said, if you like basketball wives and loving hip hop, you you are gonna like, you're gonna love this show. I agree. I, I have that feeling. Like you have an like they have an audience. They tapped into it. They're gonna give you everything that you ever wanted from those kind of shows, and I think it's all there. I agree. I think they're definitely going to give you what you've come to expect of that type of show on BT. It'll probably have more longevity than some of the other good ones mm-hmm. like Rebel and Right. 
and that show about the college. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, you guys. What did y'all think about the games people play? What did y'all think about... um, the being Mary Jane finale. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts. And um, yeah, and fun fact: um, the next episode, which will air this Tuesday, which by the time this show comes out, it have, would have already aired. It's directed by Queen Naja, that R&B singer, and it was written by Nipsey Hussle. Girl, seriously? Seriously. I'm gonna have to fact check that. That's crazy, isn't it? No. Mm-hmm. No. Somebody just wrote that. You in think there. so? That cannot be it. That I found it to be very coincidental. I was like, wait a minute. Like Queen Naja. I know. That I mean, it that's what Wiki WikiLeaks says. That is not a credible <laughs> source. I'm not I'm not putting that out because y'all Wikipedia is not a credible source. It's not. So don't take that to be true. Queen Naja ain't directing no damn TV. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And Hip Nipsey Hustle didn't didn't write no episodes of this show. So uh nah, nah, bro. Okay, well maybe maybe not. Well that's what that's what the internet says. Yeah, no, no, no. I'll I'll fact check y'all that when 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 episode two come out. I'll come on and re verify that for y'all. But well, maybe not fun fact, guys. I take that back. Fun fact that we need to check. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, y'all think. Tell us what y'all think about these programs. Absolutely. Um, we would love to hear your opinions. Please hit us up on all social media at Black and Behind the Scenes. We're also on, you can email us at blackandbehindthescenes at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yes, guys. And also, um, don't forget to follow us um, at Antoinette's Hope, like the color. And Brittany, where can they find you? At Brittany Khan. And you have anything to promote, girl, this week? No, not this week, girl. Let me get my bearings together and um, get my life. All right, I may have something next week. (laughs) All right, got it, guys. Um, Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye.